Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a very special interview here, an interview that we talked about wanting to do a couple months ago, all the way back in January. Uh, We did our Canada versus Australia month, and we did a little movie called Tree Murray, and we said, we got to get the actors on here. We got to know more about this movie. And we did it, Ben. Pat on the back. We did it. We did. Uh, (laughs) We uh, got to interview one of the big stars of the movie, uh, Kevin DeHaney, who played Carter, as well as in a couple other projects that are very relevant to it. Let's uh, just before we start here, say my name is Treed Colin. And my name is never know what to say in these interviews. One of these days we'll stop doing these intros for the interviews. I thought but, you would uh, scrap it there for a second because I'm like, oh, great. I, I, I just thought to myself, like, this is the only time I'm going to be able to say Treed Colin, a phrase that will never be uttered again. <laughs> Fuck it. My name is Go Go Treed Marie. <laughs> People will get it if they know Kevin Duhaney's background. Ooh. <laughs> well, we should say, you know, if you're listening to this and you didn't uh, listen to our Treed Murray recap, go listen watch the movie. It. You can get it. You can get it free on YouTube. One of the best movies we've ever seen on this show. Very little known Canadian movie. Uh, and you'll see why Kevin Dehaney is so great in that movie. But uh, we get to talk about other things too. I mean, he's most famous uh, as a Power Ranger, Blue Power Ranger uh, in um, uh, one of the Power Ranger series. Uh, as well, uh, another show that we've talked about quite a bit on here, Total Drama. Uh, he was a major character on future seasons of Total Drama that we have not yet covered. Uh, but we're going to get there eventually, uh, as well as lots of other things. I mean, great guy. What a man. I, well, I mean, you didn't. Uh, you were mentioning another great show, and I thought you were going to go on to Angela Anaconda, which I get a little bit oh, excited that's right. about in this, uh, this interview. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's always, you know, I obviously really loved Ke- – uh, well, I love Kevin Dehaney. Of course I do, but I really love Trey Murray. <laughs> And, you know, as you said, kind of we, we wanted to maybe track down some of these guys and, and have a bit of a chat with them. So it, it's it's a great chat. I, I was not familiar with him in Power Rangers because it was long after I stopped watching Power Rangers that he was in the show. But as we mentioned to him in this chat, you know, you, you type in Kevin Duhaney interview to YouTube, every single interview is about him mm. being in Power Rangers. So this uh, this is probably the, the least Power Rangers field interview he's ever done on a podcast, I think, in his entire career. So you're welcome, Kevin. You're, and you're welcome, listeners, because you get to hear it exactly. only here on the Oz Network. Exclusive. Uh, <laughs> exclusive interview from the Oz Network. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, our uh, discussion here with the great Kevin DeHaney. Back in January, we brought you our second annual Canada versus Australia month and uh, a movie that I didn't think anybody else uh, had seen and then slowly discovered it's gotten a bit of a reputation over the years. I decided to introduce to Ben is a little movie called Treed Murray. 
And in that recap, all we could think about is we need to know more about this movie. Uh, both of us absolutely love it. We encourage everybody to watch. And our guest today, uh, we do have other things to talk to him about, uh, probably projects that are bigger, but we're most excited to actually talk a little bit about this little movie celebrating his 20th anniversary, Treed Murray. Today we have, let's call him the heart of Treed Murray, uh, who played Carter, uh, maybe our favorite character in the movie, Kevin Dehaney. Thanks so much for coming here today. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, we did sort of mention off air, you know, do you get asked a lot of questions about Treed Murray? I can imagine you have bigger projects out there, but uh, you said something that excited us, which is one of your favorite projects. You know, uh, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff about Treed Murray, but uh, you know, how old were you when you did this movie? I mean, it, it was 20 years ago now. I don't want to date you too badly. <laughs> oh, well, now you're going to let everybody know that I'm an old man. But, uh, <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm definitely older than you. <laughs> I was about 16 or 17 when we did the movie. Around wow. that area, yeah. Wow. And do you remember sort of getting getting the script or kind of when you first kind of heard about this project? I mean, sort of how did it all come about for you to, to get attached to the movie? Uh, well, my agent let me know I had an audition um, and I kind of only got a few uh, pages. So I didn't really get the full script, but um, a couple scenes that I did get were awesome. Um, I went in there, I met uh, William Phillips, who was the director. We did this scene a couple times and uh, he gave me a few notes, did it again. And then, you know, I booked the role. The rest is history. Did you uh, get to audition with any of the other actors? Did you do screen tests or did they throw you guys all in there and just pick you one at a time? Uh, no, I went in there on my own. So what happened was I think Carter was actually the last character to be casted. I think they spent a long time looking for, he had a specific uh, person in mind, I guess, and it took a mm. while and I was working on another project. And so I didn't do the first round of auditions and then, you know, the audition came in and they're still looking. So I ended up getting a chance to do it and lucky for me, I was perfect for the role. It yeah. must be interesting when you kind of learn about the synopsis of it. Cause I know when Colin explained it to me and he basically said, it's basically about a guy who gets stuck up a tree and he's tormented by gang members for like 90 minutes. I'm yeah. like, this is going to be a fun film to cover. Um, but like, I mean, as I said, you're off air. Like I ended up loving it. I mean, do you kind of have that reaction when your agent maybe says like, you're going to audition for this role. It's about this guy stuck up a tree and you're going to be tormenting him for 90 minutes. You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> When I got the first synopsis, I did kind of chuckle a bit, but then I thought to myself, well, it's going to make filming easy, you know, we just have to film in one spot, <laughs> same location. But um, no, the script was actually really, really well written. It was amazing. And it was it just felt so easy to bring to life. And you mentioned the one location. And one of the things that we speculate a lot when we're watching this and struggled trying to find any trivia on this movie. So I think, you know, this interview is going to help us fill out IMDb's trivia page. Uh, was this filmed in a real park, you know, or was the soundstage? No, it was a real park. Wow. wow. It was a real park. And, yeah, and real tree? Perfect tree, yeah. <laughs> real tree, perfect tree. And that branch that I was on was about 13 feet up in the wow. air. And terrified of heights. So that wow. was fun. Yeah. How many takes did you yeah. then have to do of that when you're up there and you're getting choked and were you just literally in every single moment going, God, this is a good enough take. Get me down from here. <laughs> there was a couple up there. I mean, I feel like it felt longer than it actually was just because I was terrified. But um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. They made me feel comfortable. It was very really safe. I was strapped in. But uh, yeah, me being afraid of heights didn't really help. 
Being, being that you were so young in that role, I mean, I, I don't know sort of how at that age you, you approach different roles. I can imagine more you develop of an actor, you, you learn more and everything, but you'd obviously been, you know, in a few projects before Treed Murray. It wasn't easily your first, but how do you kind of go into that role of Carter? Like, you know, is there a, a method you have? You kind of try and, you know, imagine yourself in this role as this kid, sort of a part of this gang. I mean, kind of what was the process there? Um, it's just kind of trying to put yourself in the character's shoes and, and drawing from the character's experiences and just your own personal experience and kind of meshing them together. Um, Clay Bennett, who was in the movie, he played Shark. He's actually like a mentor for me. So um, working with him helped a lot because um, I was still early in my career. I was very young. So, you know, it was great having him on set to kind of guide me and, and help me through some of the scenes and you know, have that person there to, to rehearse with. And, you know, it's funny, going through your filmography, uh, there was one project that you did with him that, you know, we're definitely familiar with here. I'll just say it now. We, we started covering Total Drama last year, and uh, we started recording the second season. It's not quite a your season yet, but, uh, you know, Clay Bennett's on that show as well, and apparently you've even done another project with him. You, you, do you guys just look for things to do together, or is it just a <laughs> oh. fluke? It's, it's just actually a fluke. Like uh, we did treat Murray together and we just, we were so close after that film. We just, we hit it off working on the film together. He was like a big brother. And uh, it just so happened that after that, we ended up doing a, a few projects together again. And uh, yeah, it's just the way the universe works, I guess. Which it must make it interesting then, like from that very beginning point, because obviously, you know, the role of Carter and everybody sort of in the gang, you know, Shark and, and Kelly, Casey, everyone and that sort of stuff, you need to kind of have that level of chemistry where it's believable that, you know, you're this gang that's kind of, you know, getting up to a bit of mischief in the, in the park and that. So is that a case of getting to know these guys a little bit offset? Do you kind of read lines together? Kind of like, is there, again, a process involved to try and really portray that gang mentality of a, ca- of a character where you guys are that chemistry together, essentially, to make it believable on screen? Well, we did a bit of rehearsals before we actually started filming. So that gave us a chance to kind of get to know each other and um, just feel out each other's vibes and, you know, what we were going for on camera. And, and it really helped the chemistry and, and it helps that everybody was just so awesome and easy to get along with that it just made the environment on set just feel, it felt like I was with friends or family, you know, just, it made it so easy. Uh, now, David Hewlett, obviously, was the star. He played uh, Murray in the movie. Uh, and he, I guess, for a small budget Canadian movie, I mean, at the time, that was, I guess, a big star for a Canadian film. You know, it's yeah, a little bit yeah. different now. Uh, were you familiar with him for, I mean, Traders? He was kind of like the scene sealer on that show. And that was a huge show in Canada. Then he also had the movie Cube. Had you seen any of his work prior to that? No, I hadn't. But I did end up watching Cube after I worked with him. Um, and yeah, huge fan, great actor, even better person. Um, yeah, I, I honestly couldn't ask for a better cast to have done that movie with. And I feel like that's what makes it one of my favorite projects is that, you know, it was just, it just felt like family. Now you were stuck up the tree for, I don't know, maybe let's say 20% of the movie. He's up the tree for 90% of it. Was yeah. David Hugh afraid of heights or did he embrace it? <laughs> he seems so, I think he was fine. He was super comfortable up there. Lot didn't really have a choice, too. Down. Yeah, he wouldn't even come down. We'd pass sandwiches up to him. <laughs> what was his favorite type of sandwich? Did he make requests? Did he get cocky after a while? Like, oh, no, I'm sick of these ones. Get me something better. 
No, I just I just remember coffee and, and sandwiches here and there. Yeah. <laughs> what? How long did the film actually take to to put together? Because I can imagine, obviously, you know, one location. Really, it's not like you're having to go to multiple uh, locations to shoot and everything. So, I mean, was this a project that was something that was filmed quite quickly, based compared to what you've done on other film projects, or does it make it a little bit more challenging because you've got to be on one location, so you've got to try and keep it in a certain way? Well, there's a there's a saying that um in Canada that we film a lot quicker than they do in America. So usually most of the films I've done in Canada, we've done them in under, maybe I want to say around three weeks to a month. Wow. So this film was no different. It was around three weeks to a month. We did it pretty quick and being at the one location really helped. It, it was primarily night shoots too. I mean, cause there's only yeah, a few minutes of daylight in the movie. You know, you're 16 at the time. Were, were you having to go to school after this or did you completely change your schedule for the time? How long did the filming take? Um, no, I actually had to do uh, schooling while I was on set working. So they would dedicate uh, two or three hours a day for me to do my schoolwork and, and try to catch up on things that I was doing in high school at the time. Um, and being that it was night shoots, yeah, it was, it was tough. I had to kind of, you know, flip your, you have to flip your sleeping schedule, but, um, worth it in the end, you know, you get to have this great experience and work on an amazing project. And in terms of, of the character of Carter, I mean, he's kind of used and abused a little bit throughout it. And it's, it's, it's interesting sort of that, yeah. that development with the shark character of how kind of, you know, he's almost protector, but then he kind of gets thrown under the bus, but then it was kind of done for, for reasons along those lines. I mean, have you ever had roles like that since Treed Murray that kind of compare to, I guess, the layers that you had to do to this role of Carter? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. I think... Carter was one of the characters that had the most layers out of any character I've ever done. And just the growth that he has. And, you know, the moment at the end of the movie where he's kind of, he's had enough and he grabs the gun, you know what I mean? Like, I can't say there's a, another character that compares. And one of the things that uh, we picked apart in that movie is that, you know, you could go in superficially and assume, okay, well, this gang, those are the bad guys and this Murray guy did nothing wrong. And then there's moments where you're like, well, this Murray guy is actually kind of bad. And, you know, the, the, the gang's the one in the right. And Carter is really the one character that seems purely innocent and, you know, free of any guilt for most of the movie. And then ultimately it comes down to everybody, uh, their lives are sort of in Carter's hands at the end. It, it's almost kind of an ironic ending, uh, the way it all plays together. Did William Phillips ever uh, tell you what his intention was for the Carter character, if he meant for this to be the hero of the movie, you know, the true villain, anything like that? No, he never really had a mention of that. He just kind of told me, you know, make the character my own and um, bring it to life in a way that I felt most comfortable with. And, and you know, he kind of gave me a lot of uh, free will, if you will, to do what I felt was right. And um, I appreciate that a lot. And um, it helped me grow as an actor. And yeah, working with him was an amazing experience and one that I'll never forget and I'll never take for granted. Because I can imagine as an actor, you know, that's one of those roles where you also want to challenge yourself, but to kind of almost have that open-ended interpretation that you can take this character to where you see fit. It's a unique ability. And again, at that young age, as you just said, it kind of helped you grow right. as an actor. Had you ever had that opportunity prior to Treed Murray to kind of have that open interpretness of a character? No, that was the first time. And it was it was due to my audition. And he told me in the audition, you know, I, I feel like you're the perfect person to play Carter. You are Carter. So he's like, I trust the decisions that you will make doing this film. Um, you know, even the scene where I had to cry, you know, they took their time with me. You know, I 
they set aside two hours where they were like, hey, take your time. Whenever you're ready, you let us know. You know, that doesn't usually happen on sets. You're kind of rushed and you're forced to, you know, you have to, it's go time, you cry now. But they, you were like, you know, take your time. If it takes 20 minutes, it takes 20 minutes. If it takes an hour, it takes an hour. We're, we're here and we're, we're waiting on you. And, and, you know, that, again, it just, it takes me back to the point of, of being around family and just making it so comfortable. And do you have a go-to thing for crying? Is this like a, is this a trade secret you don't want to share? Like, I mean, is it just you think of something sad? I mean, do you just, you get to a point where you're like, I can't do this, put some onions in my eye. I mean, kind of what's the secret there? <laughs> well, the thing about a great actor is, is being able to pull from real life experiences that you've gone through. So if you ever had a moment in your life where you, you, you know, you cry or you feel sad or you have a lot of anxiety, you kind of remember well, you take a mental note as an actor and it, it, you can kind of go back to those places when you're on set, when you're filming and, and, and try to draw from those and, and iterate them, put them together with your character. For Canadian movies, it was, it's very hard to describe, I guess, how much has changed in Canadian movies since 20 years ago. Because when we started doing this Canada, Australia month, uh, you know, I explained to Ben that Treed Murray at the time, it might have been considered a high profile Canadian movie simply because it got like a best picture nomination. Uh, but at the same time, this wasn't a movie anybody really talked about. I mean, I sort of stumbled across it at Blockbuster. It wasn't like you see commercials on TV or anything. Uh, what was it like at the time? Like, was there uh, a lot of media attention, I guess, from what you were used to? Or was this, you know, I guess the thing is when it does get those award nominations later on, was there a bump? Was there more interest in the movie? Um, I didn't really notice a huge difference, to be honest. Um, I do know that it ended up getting uh, marketed in the States with a different name. And I think that's the first time I've ever heard of that happening with a movie, where in the States, the title is Get Down, but yeah. in Canada, Creed Murray. So that's kind of the only thing that really happened. Um, but again, like you say, those it, back in those times, it was, it was a little different. And especially for indie films, there wasn't really that uh, marketability, I guess. For them, you know, it, people wanted to see the blockbuster films that had the big commercials and, and all that on TV. And with the indie films, it was kind of, if you find it, you find it. And you yeah. tell people about it. Is it is it something too to be able to work on a on a Canadian production? Obviously, you know, you, you've worked in, in both the States and Canada, but is there something always a little bit more special about being able to, to, to work at home and kind of do, you know, help contribute to, the, I guess, the local film industry? Of course, of course. If I had it my way, you know, um, all the projects I did would be Canadian. Um, but, you know, it's it's a smaller industry here. It is growing, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any chance I get to work on a Canadian project is awesome. You want to be able to work from home. You know, I don't want to have to move to the States if I don't have to. But, uh, you know, you got to survive too at the same time. Yeah. And this movie was, uh, in a, a weird way, a big launching pad, despite the fact that, you know, it wasn't like a wide release or anything, uh, because so much talent came out. I mean, David Hewlett had a name prior to that a little bit here in Canada, but then he'd go on to do Stargate. And then you have like Aaron Ashmore and, you know, you and Clay Bennett end up doing a, a ton of voice work and uh, stuff like that. William Phillips is uh, one of the big mysteries to me because he comes out of Treed Murray and immediately starts landing these massive even in terms of like Canadian movies, I mean, these are considered huge blockbusters for Canada, you know, gunless and uh, foolproof. Uh, have you ever uh, talked to William Phillips since then? Like, do you know what he's up to now? Cause it seems like he makes a movie once a decade, but it's always a big deal now. Yeah, no, I, ha I haven't spoken to him in a long, long time. It would be awesome to get to reconnect with him though. 
It must be having, as Colin said before, 20 years this year since the movie, though. I mean, kind of, you know, do you think there might yeah. be a whisper of like a, a reunion, a get-together or something <laughs> like that to celebrate it has been 20 years? I don't know. I mean, that would be cool. I'd be totally up for it if it does happen, but I, I really have no idea. I mean, everybody's so busy and, and working on their projects, new projects, so who knows, you know? Well, but fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how we'll it goes. One thing I have to ask, though, too, you talk about working with people and, and kind of all that sort of thing. I mean, what was the tree like to work with? Was the tree a bit of a dick on set? I mean, you know, was the, the tree a diva wanting sandwiches and things like that? No, the, the tree offered a lot of support. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, good. I like that. I like that. Is this, is it, is this park, though, I mean, was this, this is in Toronto, I'm, I'm assuming, was, was the park? I believe it was in Woodbridge, I want to say. Okay. It was 20 years ago, so don't quote me on that. Okay. I was going to say, if this is like some park that we can go to and meet the tree, maybe, like, you yeah. know, we hopefully, can recreate tree Hopefully tree-mary. the tree's still there. Hopefully it's still there. We'll find uh, out. I, uh, I do want to ask a little bit about uh, the other big projects. that said Total Drama that we started covering. Uh, now, I, I wasn't the big fan of the show. It's actually two of our other co-hosts neither of which are Canadian who are massive fans of this show. And they sort of talked me into watching the show and covering it. Uh, as I said, we're only the second season, but you do come in, uh, I guess, what is the season four, season five? Uh, it's total drama revenge of the Island. I don't know which number it is though, but they, I know they changed them. Yeah. So one, I guess one of the earlier seasons, but uh, you know, yeah. I, I try to avoid spoilers for the sake of, you know, the recaps we do. I get to be the the blind virgin as we call me on the show. No experience yeah. with it, but uh, you know, I did have to look to see, Oh, you know, is this a major character or whatever without spoiling too much in case people are listening. I mean, your character goes far as, but I think the interesting thing about total drama is that it is so uh, perfect in his representation of reality TV that you don't know who's going to win. I mean, you end up rooting for characters, People get yes. voted out. You don't see it coming. Like when you start a show like this, do you know up front, I'm doing this many episodes. I'm going to make it to the finals. I'm potentially going to win. No idea. No, no? idea. It, it says we get our scripts usually about a week and a half before we go into record. So every time I would get my script, I would like go to the end to see like, it was one of those things, but um, no, it made it fun. It made it a lot of fun. Uh, not knowing and and kind of it made the recording process feel almost real life because it's like we didn't know what was going to happen the next week either. And I know we talked about in the first season that they they shot, not shot, no, they're not filming you, but they yeah. animated, uh, you know, multiple endings in that depending on what country you're in, you may have gotten this person as a winner, this person as a winner. Uh, again, without spoiling anything, I mean, did, were there any alternate endings or alternate versions out there where, you know, your character gets to win and you can kind of pride yourself on the winner of Total Drama? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I did, I think, three different endings. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, there's... There's a few out there. So in your mind, then, do you keep that as, like, you win? Like, if you know there's an ending where you win, like, that, that's the true ending. <laughs> that, is the, that is the proper ending. That yeah. is the one. <laughs> now, some animated shows, uh, I guess very few of them will actually record with all the cast there. Uh, is Total Drama one where you go in individually, or do you ever get to interact with the other people? Um, we go in individually, but there, there was a few episodes where we did go in together, a few of us. Uh, I went in with uh, Barbara Momobolo for a couple episodes, which was awesome. And never got to do anything with Clay Bennett directly? No, not in studio, unfortunately, no. <laughs> you yeah. guys like... Got to hear, got to hear you, his voice. 
<laughs> are you guys like you know texting on the weekend and say hey i'm in total drama it's like what <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i'll let them know for sure whenever i hear them. is there much of a you've done obviously quite a, a bit of, of voice work kevin but uh, i mean is there when it comes to the, the live action versus the voice do, do you do you have a preference i mean kind of obviously both have their i can imagine challenges to doing voice work versus live action but i mean is there a preference that you have um well i mean i'm happy to be working you know, to be honest. Um, but if I did have to choose, I would say the voice work because, you know, I can go to work in my pajamas if I want. That's <laughs> all that matters. Well, so, I don't want to point out I'm right now that back. I'm literally in my pajamas. I'm wearing my, my Raptors uh, pajama pants right now. I won't show them to you. But it's kind of convenient when you can go to work in your pajamas. It's isn't very it? convenient. It's very, as long as I sound good, that's all that matters. Exactly. So that, that is I, nice. Because I show you were doing around about the time of Treed Murray, uh, Angela Anaconda. I remember growing up on that show. That was that was an yeah. amazing show. And like we we talked a little bit off air about kind of you know roles that sort of are talked about. And I mentioned that you know you type your name into YouTube, everything is Power Rangers related. But is is Angela Anaconda something that he's ever mentioned to you? Because that is a show. I, until I saw that was on your your resume, I'm like I remember that show and I love that show. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, back when it was a, a big thing, it was a lot of people watched that show. And so <clears throat> a lot of people would ask me about it, but now not so much. <laughs> For Power Rangers, and we've got to touch on that a little bit because um, we can see, the uh, listeners can't see, but we can even see behind you. Is, is that your original helmet or is that just a prop? That is the original helmet, man. Yeah. That's wow. it. And all this glory. I, uh, I, you know, I saw some of the Power Rangers, you know, when it was originally out and everything. I know my wife was a huge fan of it, uh, but uh, all the stories, uh, I guess, that we've grown up knowing about the show was that it was, you know, the live action stuff of the Power Rangers was from the Japanese show and that they inserted, you know, the American or Canadian actors in this case into it. Uh, did you ever get to wear the costume on your season? I think I put the costume on maybe two or three times on camera, if that. And so very the action. No, none of the action. And um, I think one of the times I put it on was to film just the opening credits mm. of the show. So, yeah. I I grew up like I, I you know as any kid of, of my age you know you watch the first show you're obsessed with it and all that sort of stuff and it's been a long time since I've I've seen it but uh, I believe you filmed it in New Zealand is is that correct kind of my neck of the woods in, in that part what part of New Zealand was it filmed in? Auckland. Auckland, right? And Auckland have you is, ever been yeah. to that part of the world before? Did you ever been that south? Never, ever. It was culture shocks. I was pretty young. I was about nineteen, twenty when I did the show, and uh, yeah, having to move to the other side of the world, it was different. Did did you happen to just jump? Wheels, a- the steering wheels on the other side of yep. the car. Yeah, <laughs> like, they speak weird culture. in New Zealand. They've got that stupid accent, right? Like you know, you don't. Wanna- <laughs> hear that. Did you make yeah, it across it was- to Australia at all? Given it was so close. No, I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately. Uh, you didn't see the real part of that world, Kevin. Like, what are you talking about? Know, Those I Kiwis thought, know I nothing. <laughs> it's on the bucket list, so Good. hopefully soon. Good. Hopefully, hopefully this pandemic's over soon and we can get back to living life. <laughs> I just love clicking through the filmographies when we interview actors too, because you'll, you always stumble across things and go, Oh, they were in that. They were in that. Another one, you know, uh, I guess it was a huge movie around the mid two thousands that uh, you were in and it didn't even realize it. Four brothers. Uh, It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Who did you play in four brothers? And did you interact with uh, Mark Wahlberg or any of the other cast members? Yeah. My scene was actually with Mark Wahlberg, Andre 3000, Garrett Hedlund and Tyrese where they actually confirmed. Yeah, they confront me in a gymnasium looking for my brother. 
and I kind of take off, but they, they catch me and corner me. So <clears throat> it was, uh, it was quite an experience getting to work and, and seeing those guys that, you know, you look up to and you've watched, you know, you, you, you watched them growing up and then you're in a scene with all of them, you know, it's a little intimidating, but, um, they were awesome. You know, Mark right away came over and, and talked to me before we even started filming and, you know, just made me feel so comfortable. You know, so, and, you know, really the nerves were gone and yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And another great thing you, you could, you know, whether you put it on your resume or just pat yourself on the back, you know, you could say I was directed by John Singleton. I mean, sadly, John Singleton, you know, he passed away yeah. a couple of years ago, but huge yeah. director to be able to, you know, what was your experience of working with him? Amazing. Amazing. Um, another one that I will never take for granted. And I'm, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity to work with such a legend and such a, a great creative mind. Um, no, really sad about his passing. You know, it hurt me to the core because it was somebody, he was somebody that, you know, saw my work and, and liked me. So that's something that, that, that sits with me and, and I'll hold near and dear to my heart. So, uh, yeah, it was a great experience and something I'll never forget. Are you tempted when you're working with someone like Andre 3000 to just, you know, drop a couple of bars of like, Hey, yeah, or I'm sorry, Miss Jackson or something like, uh, I feel like I'll leave that to the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> it did cross my mind. It did cross my mind. Just tempted, right? You can't help yourself. <laughs> you know, he's there as a serious actor now, and you're like, oh, dude. Yeah, like, no, oh. he's amazing. He's really good. Really good. Uh, just going back to Treed Murray, uh, you know, before we start wrapping stuff up, you know, when was the last time you actually watched the movie? Uh, it's been a while, but I want to say maybe about six, seven months ago, actually. I think I showed oh, my wow. girlfriend. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you know, she had I think never seen it, one of the great things we found, you know, because I, I, I have a copy of the movie. I mean, I had rented this when it came out to Blockbuster. You know, we're talking like 2001, 2002, just because I recognized David Hewlett. And I'm like, oh, this movie sounds interesting. Didn't even see it for a long time. And then when Blockbuster was going out of business, I bought their copy of Treed Murray. But it's not oh, like no. it's a movie. It, yeah, it's not like it's a movie that's like easy to find or anything. I mean, I, I think it's on, uh, you know, maybe Amazon Prime in the United States or whatever. But we found it's like free on YouTube, too. I mean, this is I think our experience watching this movie is that this is something that people really have to see because it's it's not just you know interesting concept, good for an independent Canadian movie. I mean, Ben, who's not even Canadian, he can attest to the fact that he watched this movie and said, this movie blew me away. It holds up so well. It feels more relevant. Like there's movies like this out now. And this would have been well ahead of its time. Yeah, it was super ahead of its time. I think it was a great, great film. And I can only imagine what it would do in this day and age with, you know, streaming platforms and, and just, uh, you know, the means to get to the public. I feel like it would just, it would have been amazing. So hopefully, you know, we can get some attention and, and people will go see the movie now, even though, you know, it's a little older, it's still a great film. It yeah. still holds up. What, what did your girlfriend think of it when she watched it? She loved it. She cried. Oh, there yeah, you go. Uh, yeah, she that, saw me crying and she cried. So that, that's the that's reaction. You know what? <laughs> yeah. The, the best thing about this is that, uh, you know, I, I had seen this movie multiple times. My wife had never seen it. Uh, and when I was watching it before we covered it a couple months ago, she was sort of like listening to it in the background. She's like, there's too much swearing in this movie. I don't think this is a good movie. I'm like, no, you got to see this movie. Like this movie will blow you away. So you yeah. can convince my, tell if you, we'll get her listening. Tell my wife, Jamie, that she needs to watch Street Murray. Please watch the movie. If uh, just for me, do it for me. I do it for Kevin Day. Do it for me. I yeah. As a power, 
as a Power Ranger fan, I figure that you will be able to sway her more than I will. <laughs> yes, yes. Trust me, Jamie's easily swayed, so she will watch it now. <laughs> you know, have you actually, Kevin, have you been shirtless in any movies? Can she check you out shirtless in anything? Because she'll definitely watch those ones. No, I, I think it's the Power Ranger tights is as close as it's going to get. There yeah, you go. I'm sure that'll be enough. That, 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 that'll help. Kevin, what are, what are you up to now? I know you've got a, a YouTube channel now, a bit of a, bit of a gamer, I, I believe. Is that kind of uh, having some fun with that and kind of what else is Yeah, uh, it's just kind of a, a hobby. You know, I love to game, so I thought I'd make a Twitch. I know a lot of uh, Power Ranger fans love to game too, so it's something they can kind of hop on and have a chance to chat with me. But I am working on a new cartoon right now. Right. And I just finished doing a animated film as well. I'm not allowed to talk about either of them, unfortunately, but when I do get the chance, you guys will be Is it Treed Murray? Is it Treed Murray, the animated series? That would be awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know. It would be a cartoon for adults, though. Yeah, you know, well. Feel, I feel like, yeah. Feel free to, you know, not answer if you're not allowed to, if this is the one you're talking about. But, I mean, it was recently announced that Total Drama Island's coming back. I don't know if that's supposed to be a new version, new season, whatever. Is that what you're alluding to or are you not allowed to say? I heard, I heard some stuff floating around on the internet about that, but um, no comment. I, I don't know. <laughs> I read, don't know anything. <laughs> read into that what you will. Uh, where can people uh, follow you, Kevin, if people want to sort of stay up to date with what you're doing? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, give, give yourself a shout out. Where can they find And your YouTube channel, Twitch, give, give all the details. Yeah, Twitch is Kevin Duhaney. Um, Instagram, Kevin Duhaney. Twitter is at the kid KD. Yeah, and just uh, follow me and give me a shout. Great. Well, we, we really do appreciate your time. And, and that 20th anniversary of Treed Murray, as I said, this year, and if, if nothing happens, we'll, we'll take the we'll take the lead. We'll force people's hand and we'll do a, we'll do a Zoom yeah. Treed Murray 20th awesome. anniversary. Colin, Colin's very much, he's, he's on the edge of his seat right now. He wants to do it right now, I think. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We've, we've talked to a couple of the other cast members from the movie, too. We won't say who because they may or may not appear on here, but you get the distinction of being the first person to give uh, Tree Murray trivia to us and to <laughs> discuss it for the 20th anniversary. So uh, the heart uh, of the movie uh, gets to be the original. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. This was fun. And what a man. Let's just say it again. Yes, and Jamie, if you're listening, uh, again, I don't know if tightness of a suit is the same as a shirtless scene, but, uh, I mean, for me, if it was the other way around, like, I loved Amy Jo Johnson growing up, so, you know, that's what, the reason I watched Felicity, because I saw Amy Jo Johnson, the reason I watched, um, what was that sniper show in Toronto uh, that they had that last oh, Flashpoint? Flashpoint, yeah. yeah. I saw she was in it. My my childhood uh, crush of Amy Jo Johnson led me to watching that. So, and I never saw she, her shirtless. She was only in a tight pink suit. So, I can finally uh, come up with a reason for you to watch Covert Affairs with me because she's oh. in the final season. Okay, uh, quite a bit. I'm a I'm an AJJ fan. Uh, I don't <laughs> don't know what she's up to, but it's it's interesting. Like randomly, like over on the brink, great show. Listen to it. Um, our famous five questions we always ask: uh, Who is your childhood celebrity crush? I don't know if Colin, I've ever asked you those questions. Maybe I need to ask you those next time we get you on the brink. But I will always say like Natalie Portman because like that's just my go-to now. But the more I think about it, like Natalie Portman wasn't my first. Like the the first you know, you had to crush that you remember. Mine would either be Amy Jo Johnson or Britney Spears. So I really need to stop answering Natalie Portman because she came after that. Um, and yeah, you know, I have some feelings on Natalie Portman, so I'm okay with you changing your answer. Do you, do you uh, have feelings on Amy Jo Johnson and Britney Spears? 
Uh, I, I prefer them over Natalie Portman. So <laughs> feel free to switch up your list there. Uh, but again, Kevin DeHaney, fantastic to chat with him. This is what I've been looking at. We've done a couple of interviews this week, you know, it being released all out of order. But uh, in a weird way, this is the one I was most excited about just because I've always loved the movie Treed Murray and you know, become a big Total Drama fan. Uh, and I'm sure we got other great stuff coming out soon uh, that people will be able to listen to. Uh, lots of coverage on lots of things and lots of people. Which it's interesting. I mean, we talked a little bit about this on our thousandth episode and kind of we tease this interview, we tease the other ones as well, kind of giving you a bit of a taster. But uh, no, we've got some great interviews coming out as, as Colin, yeah, you just said, sort of related to some exciting projects. We've obviously, uh, no secret, we've got 24 and Breaking Bad that we're starting to cover in a very, very short time frame. Lost is coming back. And yeah, we, we just... We're making ourselves busier, apparently, by talking to these people. But now that we've made it to a thousand episodes, we've gone, okay, well, we're we're bored with just talking to each other. Let's get famous people on, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if we have to, Kiefer Sutherland wants to talk. Oh, well, we're busy. We've interviewed Kevin DeHaney. We've bumped Kiefer for Kevin. Sorry, oh. Rossi and Jared. We have more important people to talk to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have we have people who played U.S. presidents in a tree. Oh wait, wrong, James Carter. Uh, but, <laughs> I thought he was the same guy, but he wasn't. Uh, again, thanks so much to Kevin for uh, being on this in interview with us today, and for making my week and my year, and for Ben for making my year by actually liking Treat Murray and loving it. You're welcome. Uh, so. <laughs> Join us for all the other exciting things that are still to come up, which you'll hear more on the end of this, I'm sure. Uh, for one last time, or will it be until we forget that these are hard to do? My name is Colin James Carter. And my name is Ben, and I'm going to go find that tree in that park. And I don't. Just can we stop doing it for interviews? It's <laughs> done. No more my name is for interviews. Done. <laughs> And my name is No More My Name Is for Interviews. My name is No More No 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 No. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! 
For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>